if I'm doing a show about getting your shit together, I should be able to get my shit together. But in a lot of ways, I think the fact that I can't makes this more important for people that are in a similar situation to help them not feel quite so alone in their struggle. This is The Fit Mess with Zach and Jeremy. All right, this is The Fit Mess. Hi, my name is Jeremy, and my co-host, as always, is Zach. Say hello, Zach. What's up, everyone? Thanks for downloading the show. If you haven't already, please do subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, this particular episode, we are joined by Ryan Folan. He's the author of the new book, Ditch the Act, Reveal the Surprising Power of the Real You for Greater Success. Sort of, you know, I, I feel like it's a, a different uh, sort of conversation for us because so often we do focus on uh, either some sort of physical fitness routine or some sort of mental health routine. This this one feels a little different for me because it's while it's about building your brand, it's really about authenticity and putting yourself out there. But but Zach, you actually talked to Ryan on your own. I think this might be the first interview you did for our show on your own. Am I right? It was. It was interesting because the the I remember going into the interview um, thinking about oh the the topics here are you know imperfection, open about your flaws authenticity. And like, all, that's all that was running through my head. I was like, I, I can't do this. I'm not, I don't interview people for a living. This is crazy. So, right. but yeah, it went pretty well. The, you know, the one piece that, that, um, you know, everyone will hear in a few minutes is like, you know, the imperfection, right. Uh, you know, I'm not the one with the audio equipment, the professional grade audio stuff to do these interviews that sound really good. So it ended up, being a phone call between him and I, and it doesn't sound great. You know, it's not perfect, but um, we're okay right. with that. So we we often have our guests join us by phone, but in this case, your audio quality is also phone quality. So yep. you know, if that's something that you as a listener can't tolerate, then you know maybe this isn't the episode for you. But it's a conversation worth listening to, and I think it's interesting that in a show about particularly an episode about vulnerability, about revealing mistakes, opening, opening up about your flaws and, and where you don't do things 100% all the time. The fact that there is some shortcoming in the audio quality, I think, couldn't be more fitting. Yeah, agreed. It's definitely not the best quality, but you know what? It worked well. The, the, the content is great, though. I, yeah, I agree. And and it's this comes at an interesting time because if you heard the last episode that we did, uh, the challenge that we left each other with was working out more. Zach, I know you're getting over uh, coronavirus or something horrible over there. Uh, I'm getting not over coronavirus virus, but <laughs> it was pretty nasty. I'm getting over, I'm getting over being lazy uh, and trying <laughs> to uh, get uh, working out back into my routine. I hear so, that one's hard to beat, though. It's a tough one. I've been working on that one for about 44 years. So. <laughs> Uh, but this time around the challenge was, uh, I believe was to exercise every day, uh, as, as much as possible. And I, and it was because we were talking about Beachbody. We, we had the CEO of Beachbody on the show to talk about home fitness routines. And I did start using the, uh, the three day or three week yoga retreat, which is the one I said I would do and gotta be honest, didn't get through every day of it. We, my wife wanted to do it with me, which was cool. So with the first two days nailed it, no problem. But then the third day I rode my bike to work and was beat and life got in the way. So we didn't do the, the workout that night. The next day, like I had a bout of depression, couldn't shake it off again, didn't do it. Friday rode my bike both ways to work, was exhausted, busy day, didn't do it. So, so while I did work out, you know, through riding my bike or something else, I think I hit five of the of the seven days 
that were part of the challenge. Mm-hmm. And while that was that was okay, I was I felt pretty good about getting most days. I, I wanted every day. Uh, would have been happier with six, but you know, five is fine. Uh, diet sort of fell off the rails over the weekend, so that that wasn't great. But all week leading up to it was pretty good. I think I think again, five of the seven days I did pretty well. And a lot of this rolled into the fact that I was using a new journal to sort of help my, hold myself accountable. And so that's been a really valuable tool, which we've talked about on the show before as well. Mm-hmm. So, so while I feel like I'm sort of implementing a lot of things and, and sort of pointing myself down the right path, I'm still coming up short and trying to be okay with it. And that's where I think this conversation is really powerful because so much of what we see, especially online, but you know, from, from our peers, from people around us, is this this image that they want you to see, particularly online. Everything is mm-hmm. filtered. Everything is is just the prettiest, happiest, coolest stuff that the person could possibly be doing. You're very rarely going to see somebody just down in the dumps, having a bad day, had cake for dinner. You know, you know the, the dinner shot you always see is the grilled asparagus with the steak and the, you know, perfectly proportioned. It's all bullshit. So I feel like this is a really... Uh, really important conversation to be having right now about authenticity and about being open about our flaws and our vulnerabilities. Yeah. I say it all the time. The, I, I am happy with like the 80, 20 rule, right? As long as I'm doing the things I need to do 80% of the time and 20% of the time I go off the rails, that's good. That's where I should be happy. But then my OCD kicks in and I'm like, ah, why can't I get that other 20%? And why am I not perfect all the time and doing everything I say I'm going to do? It's it's really tough to accept that you want to be at that 80-20. And then when you don't meet it, it, it or when you, when you can't exceed it, I get, I get frustrated. It's very frustrating. I have the same. And, and I think in some ways this show adds to that for me because I feel like if anyone is coming to us for advice for how to, you know, how to live your best life or whatever, whatever phrase you want to use, whenever I do fall short and I say, you know, yeah, I'm going to take the, the challenge that you have for me to do whatever. And I, and I fail in some ways I feel guilty. Like uh, I should be able to do that. If I'm, if I'm doing a show about getting your shit together, I should be able to get my shit together. But in a lot of ways, I think the fact that I can't, makes this more important for people that are in a similar situation to help them not feel quite so alone in their struggle. Yeah, that's reality. I mean, there's there are a handful of people out there who can work out seven days a week and have the freedom and flexibility to to do all the right things all the time. But I mean, I got a job. I I can't work out all the time. I can't eat right all the time. I've I've got a kid. I've got Like I've got all these competing priorities and I can't be perfect all the time. And to ever think that I will be is just nonsense. So, I mean, you know, this is, this is it. I'm doing the best I can with what I got and I need to be okay with that imperfection. And that was one of the things, you know, in my journal that I was writing to myself about was the fact that I came up short of a, of a goal to work out every day, to eat right every day, to drink tons of water, like all the things that I should be doing. I fell short, but because I set the goal really high, I achieved more than had I not set a goal and just went, oh, I, you know, I really uh, should start working out. Yeah. Probably shouldn't eat uh, that for lunch. Uh, oh, well, let's go with one more day. Like having that intention raised the bar for me and I performed better, even though I didn't do as well as I wanted. Uh, just setting that intention was everything to, to at least get me on a better path. Yeah. And at the end, again, at the end of the week, like you did 80% right. 
right? I mean, yeah. that 20% yeah. is gonna, not going to knock that 20, that 80% out. Totally. So it's, it, it's all about being okay. I think it was our very first episode where like, I think you said it where you're like, I just have to be okay with myself. Like, yeah. All right. Well, with that in mind, uh, being vulnerable, being open, there's there's more ways than ever to do it because we all have social media. We all have Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Uh, you can be open and vulnerable with your coworkers, with your friends, with your family. I know in, in some places that's harder than others. But I think the, the conversation you had with our guest, Ryan Foland, about that uh, really helped open a lot of those doors. Why don't you tell us, like, set this up for us a little bit and what you guys talked about. Well, honestly, you know, I, I, again, not having done an interview by myself, I tried to take your lead on it and, uh, you know, I had a whole bunch of questions, um, set up for him and, but, but when the call started, you know, I, I just brought myself back to how does Jeremy start all these? So I just asked him, you know, tell me a little bit more about this book and what it's about. Yeah, the, the title was actually sold to McGraw Hill as something different. And once we negotiated and we all shook hands with digital shaking hands and everything was set, then they're like, well, <laughs> the title we like, but it's a little too risque for us. And the original title was Expose Yourself. Ooh. Now, we understand that it had a bit of weight to it, and this was really uh, still being pitched while the momentum and movement with Me Too was, was really uh, you know, getting into its own, and I'm excited to see that continue to happen. But we weren't saying, like, you know, expose yourself and get a trench coat kind of thing. It, at the end of the day, I mean, we just – we really think that the best way to connect with people is to help them see themselves in your story. And the typical challenge that we face as content creators is that, you know, why would we put – you know, why would we put our worst content forward? <laughs> you just don't do that. You, you work on things, and then you get them ready for the public, and you share them. But mm -hmm. in this book, we talk about the whole process of that creation, the good and the bad, the problems that you have from not getting enough sleep to being stressed out to the family issues that come up along the way. It's when you start to expose those pieces of your story that people start to go, whoa, you're actually a lot more like me than I thought you were as opposed to, oh, look at what you're doing. I can, I can never get to that level. So the idea of exposing yourself is really the core of the book. And in the original title, is expose yourself, ditch the act to reveal the surprising power of the real you. And they're like, you know, can we just get rid of the expose yourself? And we, we've gotten to a little debate, but it is about ditching the act. It's about whatever act you think you should be doing or, or however you think you should be posting. Like, no, just take that act off, take the mask off, and really your value proposition and how you connect with people comes from who you are. Uh, otherwise, you just sound like everybody else, which just adds to the noise. Yeah, uh, there's a there's a line in the book, and, and you stole one of my questions. I was going to ask in more detail about what exposure soft meant, but there's a, a line in the book that uh, says you've earned everything that you have by being the exact person that you are. And then you, you talk about sharing things with other people. Can you talk a little bit more about that line and, and what that means to you? Sure. I think that society pressures us to have the next to newest thing, the, the version 
2.0, the, the big, nice car, you know, what the celebrities are driving. There's just like this constant pressure that we need to achieve more, we need to be more, we need to strive for more. But if you take a second and you step back, you're like, you know, look at what you have now and look at all of the steps that you've taken to get to where you are. You know, there's always going to be somebody with more money. There's always going to be somebody that's younger than you, always somebody that looks better than you. But as you grow up and you mature into who you are, that's all you need. And when I talk with people who are hesitant to start their personal brand because they don't feel like they're ready yet, I have a conversation with them that they have a personal brand. It's just that they're not taking control of that narrative. And when it comes to content that we are not sharing, sometimes that's the best stuff to share. Like when you lose your water bottle or you bump into a wall continuously, even though you know it's there, uh, when you have a pimple that just is driving you crazy because you've got a photo shoot the next day, all the things that make you human. And I don't think that we're really trying to sell people on authenticity. I think people know and they want to be authentic, but they don't know how to showcase authenticity when everything else around seems like, ah, everybody's just showing their highlight reel or the one out of the hundred selfies that they took. And so in the book, we talk about how you go about this in baby steps. And so we've come up with an exposure resume, which helps you tease out the really, really good stories that you're afraid to share with people because you see them as bad. And then we share with you how to, to release those um, in small chunks. So we have five levels of exposure. And there are certain things that you are scared to share for a reason, because people will, you think they'll judge you or, or you'll, they'll look at you differently. So we're not just saying, like, expose yourself and dump all your dirty laundry out, but start to share the little things that go wrong during the day as a level one. And you'll mm-hmm. start to see that it draws people to you. I remember that I was speaking in multiple states and multiple flights, and this is at a point well before the book when I thought, my success as a speaker was proportional to how successful people thought I was. Like, why would I even tell them that I'm tired, right? So Leonard pushed me, and he said, dude, if you're tired, why don't you tweet out how exhausted you are and ask for advice? So I tweeted, I'm super exhausted right now, you know, three cities, two talks, X, Y, Z. Does anybody have any suggestions? That tweet just blew up because now everybody has a chance to be like, oh, my gosh, Ryan gets tired too. Here's the essential oils that I use. I do this. I do this. And it just became this conversation around not speaking, not anything other than, like, how people can help support me based on how they deal with that. So as we start to share level one, level two has to do with personal relationships. Level three can be more financial or, or, um, or other challenges that you face. Level four is, like, the big stuff that you're afraid to share. And level five is what not to share. So it really acts as a roadmap of sharing who you really are in a way that gets you gets you out there so people can get to know you. And if people get to know you, then they have a choice of whether or not they want to like you. And then if they like you, then they'll trust you. And that it's really, you know, if you think of your closest friends and your family, you trust them because you know them and, and you know how they res- respond in situations, both good and bad. So there's my Long, excited, drawn-out answer. <laughs> That's perfect. I love it. Um, so you mentioned um, one of the steps is, is is what not to share. And through the through this this show, Jeremy and I have been sharing a, a great deal of information about ourselves that um, um, 
you know, in the beginning we were very anxious about and, and, you know, very scared about it, but we're, um, I think we're coming into our own. I, I would love to hear a little bit more detail on, for anyone who's listening, who's thinking, you know what, I'm going to start sharing with people. What shouldn't we share? What's, what's that step five kind of look like? Yeah. So at the end of the day, um, what not to share is things that have to do with your ego. So this is one thing that can become a trap to where you talk about how successful you are or the fancy cars that you drive or the exotic toys that you own. Mm-hmm. Now, it's, it's not to say that you can't share about that, but when you're sharing to basically say, like, hey, look at me in my new Ferrari or look at me with this, like, even though it may feel like something that is good to share, it's what's going to separate you. It, it's going to make people be like, ah, oh, this person's just humble bragging or they're trying to be more than they are. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, for example, for me, I, I love sailing, and I'm usually on these really cool, amazing sailboats. And I'm not, like, taking a selfie in front and being like, boom, look at my new boat. I'm, like, <laughs> talking about the experience and, and how how fun it was to get on the ocean and, and things like that. But when it's just sharing for ego's sake, it's the wrong. Um, right. Also, politics. Now, I think everyone should voice their opinion and, and be political if that's, if that's what they're passionate about. But you have to understand that when you start to share about politics, you will have some people – who <laughs> don't like that. You you will divide. It, it's about it's about not creating that division. So on my Twitter, I'm zero tolerance when it comes to talking politics. Now it doesn't mean that I don't have my opinion and I don't spread my influence how I can, but I don't get into politics online because it's very divisive. So mm-hmm. be careful with that. In the same context, when it comes to religion, talking about religion can really create separation between people as you're gaining following. Now, if this is part of your brand, it's what you're doing, that's fine. But just know that if in your title you talk about, you know, Jesus and God and whatnot, that might put an arm's distance between some people who you might want to connect with. So just be careful about that. Sure. Also, you got to be careful about anything having to do with sex. And, you know, this is one that is probably common sense, but it's still amazing. People send pictures of their genitals. Like, even if it's privately, don't, don't do that because you have no idea where that's going to end up. And we've seen time and time again that it can be uh, a really a PR nightmare for you. Sure. That's, then, that's the time when copy and paste is not your best friend. <laughs> exactly. Or screenshots, right? And yep. then finally, in level five, you have to be careful about sharing things that go against your uh, employee agreement or if you're contracted by somebody, right? So if you have an employee agreement that there's a certain a certain standard that they say you can or cannot create posts around this information, if you're not aware of that and you post that, that's the wrong thing to share. So stay away from ego, politics, religion, um, body parts, and things that your employer would come back to bite you for. All right, that for me that leaves a whole lot of um, with those things aside. That leaves a whole lot of content of failures and in areas where I have fallen down. So I, I still have a little ammo I can talk about. Um, oh, you've got tons of ammo. I see you as like Rambo with your ammo across the chest. We all wear it. We just don't share it. Yeah. It, it, and it's hard to share. Like I, I do have to admit, you know, like starting to talk about failures and, and where I've fallen down, it's, um, 
you know, you, you battle with the ego quite a bit and it, it's difficult to start doing, but I, you know, I, you, you said it in the book that, you know, when you talk about being vulnerable, when you talk about, you know, your failures, it, 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 you get the opposite reaction of what one would expect. Like I would expect yeah. people to, you know, turn away from me, but instead it actually caused them to be more interested, to want to get to know me better. It's, it's, it's incredible. Yeah, and if you think about it in a situation offline and you have a friend that calls you and says, hey, can I talk with you about something that's bothering me? You're going to listen and you're going to give the best advice. You're going to find a story that's relevant from your past. You're you're just going to be there for them. You're going to say, let me know what else I can do to help. Like in, Intrinsically, we have this desire to help people when they open up to us and they share with us. Because when you share something like that, it shows that you're trusting the person that you're sharing it with. And so by you sharing some of these vulnerable moments, your audience is going to be like, whoa, like they're going to feel like that you are giving them a certain amount of trust, and it is the opposite reaction than you think. They're not going to laugh and point fingers and throw stones. A lot of times they're going to message you publicly or even direct message you privately and, and really be there as just a support. And you don't always have to take them up on it, but – as you start to share things that are going wrong and you get the support, it shows you firsthand that this really is a way to connect with people. Yeah, it definitely is. The book talks a lot about fraud and imposter syndrome. And, um, you know, in preparing for this interview and, and, and reading about you, I, I certainly had a lot of fraud and imposter syndrome uh, bubbling up and anxiety welling up in me that, you know, I, you know, what happens if I don't do the interview correctly or anything like that? But I, I feel like you're, you're probably a forgiving audience in that, in that sense. But, um, you know, the book talks about, you know, like I said, it talks about fraud and imposter syndrome. You know, what is that and, and why, why, do, why do so many people struggle with that? Yeah. And so when you say fraud, it's in the context of feeling like a fraud, right? And I Correct. think that, um, imposter syndrome is something that it, you don't really understand it until you experience it. And I think that we experience it on, on low levels a lot of times, but we don't realize it. It's just feeling like you're not worthy enough or that you don't deserve this opportunity that's come up or you, you have to second guess whether or not you should hit the publish button because who gives you the right to share a blog that has a strong opinion about something that, that you've experienced, right? And mm-hmm. it's a reality because we are always trying to convince ourselves that we need to be more, that we should be more. And it is so hard for us to look at ourselves outside of ourselves and go, Hey, you're right where you need to be. Like things are good and you do deserve this. Mm-hmm. And so um, it comes, it's especially when you're creating content that's about yourself or your own life experience. And then you feel like, well, why would anybody else want to hear this? Or why should I even make this video? Or if you start to get traction and some of your posts take off and you start to gain followers, it really makes you second-guess what you're doing in the first place. And there's a lot of science that's into it, a lot of brain psychology. And Brene Brown, I think, really does a good job at, at translating it. She says that when it comes to vulnerability, it's the first thing that we look for in others and the last thing that we see in ourselves. And mm-hmm. If you think about this, if you think of somebody who's up and coming and what they're doing and it's a friend of yours and they're now getting to that next level, like uh, whether it's they become a VP now or maybe they're getting uh, more keynotes or they're 
they're succeeding in what they want, you're sitting there from the outside cheering them on because you see exactly that all the work that they've done over the however many years gets them there. But when you're in the grind, you're in the driver's seat, you're not the one asking, are we there yet? You're just focused on the road. And so we talk about letting your fears guide you. And so if you're fearful about sharing something or if you're fearful about taking on more opportunity or more responsibility, let that fear actually guide you because your anxiety around it is just a different form of excitement in the same endorphins. It's just how you translate it. Oh, I love the way you put that, how it, your anxiety is a different type of excitement. That's, I'm going to take that with me. I like that. You should. And, and I, you know, I speak all the time and people ask me, do you get nervous before you speak? I'm like, yeah, but that nervousness, uh, it's very easy to, to mistake it as nervousness when it could just be taken as excitement. It's like, yeah, I'm nervous, but like, I'm also excited. It's just how I translate that. That's awesome. Um, so the book, I, I wasn't expecting to have to break out a pen and paper um, when I started reading the book, but th- this isn't just a read and be done with it. This is a very interactive book, right? Yeah, and, and you, we actually wrote the book in its entirety on one document, and then we, we created worksheets in a completely separate document. So you can read the book all the way through without the worksheets and still understand But most books do that. And then you're like, well, I get it. You've sold me on this idea, but now what? Like, I know I need an authentic bio, so now do I have to go look for another book to write a bio? So we decided to keep it all in-house. And so for these key components, like the exposure resume, and for um, a rapid reflection discovery process, and for, you know, everything from building a bio to creating uh, a content calendar to stories, we put all these in there. And that was one of the hardest things about writing it, because if you get me and I'm sitting down next to you, I can explain anything. But when I'm not allowed to be there and all you have are the words in front of you, um, that was a big that was a big challenge. But we're really excited. Each one of the workshops or each each one of the worksheets could be its own workshop, but you have all the tools. Uh, so it's it's exciting for people to have the opportunity to not only understand the value of ditching the act understanding and seeing examples of how it works, but then in the same book, giving them a chance to tease out all the information that they can then start to share to start to ditch their act. I have to say, I was I was very happy to realize that once I got done reading a certain section, it was it was time to, um, you know, be applicable with it and, and grab yeah. a pen. And I was able to just start doing some of the work. It was it was very reassuring because a lot of books you read that that chapter and then you put it down and you you don't go back and do that work. Whereas this one, I really enjoyed the fact that I could I could take that work um, right into the book and it became interactive. I really really enjoyed it. And yeah. the, and, the, and and for example, like the three one three challenge. Like I have a whole podcast, the the three one three challenge, and I bring people through this process. How do you reduce your messaging to three sentences, one sentence, and three words? And it's like. I've given all the marbles away. They're all there in the book. And it's so it's so fun to to get responses from the book like this where the content is great, but then it becomes your own content because it's teasing out your own stories and your unique voice can shine through uh, based on what you fill in in those spaces.
Our thanks again to our guest, Ryan Fulland. He's the author of Ditch the Act, Reveal the Surprising Power of the Real You for Greater Success. And, you know, success is such a relative thing. That can You can apply that to just making friends, to being a better person, to your actual workplace. I don't know about you, you Zach. I, I can, in, in my workplace, and, and really just kind of in life, I find that I have way more success in being honest about my uh, my shortcomings in in my job. I'll be the first one to tell someone when I don't know what I'm talking about and and where I think I need to default to somebody else for their expertise. I'll say to somebody, you know, I don't I don't fully get what we're doing here. Can you explain it to me better? Because if I if I fake it and I'm like pretend like I know what I'm doing and then do it wrong, that's way worse than than if I'm just open and go, no, teach me. I'd rather not be an idiot here. Yeah. I've I've experienced that too at work. I think it it is yeah, like 90% of my job is talking to people and consensus building and making sure that everyone is aligned and on the same page and and then getting in everyone in the same room and agreeing on it. But it it's really helped me to, even if I am an expert in a, in a particular topic, I will go into the room and play dumb, right? And, you know, tell the you know, whoever the expert is, you know, Hey, can you explain this to me, but use really small words. Cause I need to be able to understand it, you know, and coming out and, and, and letting people know that you're not perfect or you're not the smartest, or you don't know what's going on and, and letting them be an expert and be authentic about it themselves is, um, really, it just builds a whole lot of, um, powerful relationships at work for me anyway. Well, and I think in general, I think people want to help in general. Like, I think people like to feel useful. And when they see that somebody needs something, even if it's just explaining a concept that they know inside and out, that can make them feel good. Like, oh, I'm I'm of value to this person. I can help them, uh, you know, improve in, in some way. But it's really, it also, it's also really helpful too, to, um, you know, one of the things I found is in like talking to people. Um, so I manage people and like, if somebody is talking to me, and we're having a conversation about a mistake they made, you know, as the manager, I've, I've flat out said, you know, Hey, when I made that mistake, this is how I handled it. And it, it actually is surprising because people, there is a, a greater bond when people realize that I made the mistake too. Like they're not alone. Like this is a common mistake and just being open about that, about my own flaws, um, that you build a greater bond with people and they trust you. Well, and you and you desperately, I mean, people desperately want to be seen as perfect, especially if there's something on the line like a job or your next raise or your review or whatever it's going to be. So to know that, hey, I, I'm I'm free to screw this up once in a while on a path to growing and getting better is incredibly empowering. And mm-hmm. and I think that's true in the workplace, in friendship, in your relationship, whatever. Like if, if you have the freedom to not be expected to be perfect it just allows for such a, a more genuine and open relationship. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So with that in mind, uh, as we close out the show, we we talked about how we ended our last show with a challenge of working out more. I think that challenge stands. I'm going to try and you know c- continue and finish this three-week yoga retreat program, even if it takes me six months. <laughs> um, but I'm going to finish it. But I think what I want to try and do is, is implement some, some of what we're talking about here. And, you know, I'm, I'm not a big social media guy. Uh, I, I look at it a lot. I look at it probably too much, but I don't share a lot because uh, I, I, I feel like it's 
for me, it feels very narcissistic. Like, oh, look at me. Look at the thing I'm doing either well or badly. Mm-hmm. And or it feels like a cry for help if I, you know, share the, oh, man, I had a hard day today. Uh, you know, didn't didn't work very hard. Uh, got home and was tired and still didn't work. I, I just don't. There's something about the making it all about me thing that I'm not super comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my challenge, I think, to you, because I think maybe we both share that to some degree, uh, but but I think even more to myself is to every day post something about this effort that I'm doing to to implement more physical exercise into my routine, whether it's my successes or my failures. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a pretty ambitious project. Are you are you game? Can I can I count you in for a daily update? That means I have to share my successes and failures. Yes. Hopefully your failures more than your successes so that I can feel better about myself. Oh, yes. There'll be plenty of failures. <laughs> I mean, if I shared them all, I don't know. People might get upset and stop following us. No. See, you weren't listening. You weren't listening to the interview. <laughs> exactly the opposite. Well, I'm just talking about the sheer volume, right? <laughs> all right. I'm going to consider that a challenge accepted. So I better yes. see an update from you every day. And I will, I will push myself to do the same. And, uh, and we should call each other out, you know, privately if we don't see it. So if you don't see something from me, get out the cattle prod and I'll do the same to you. Yes. I I mean, I only have like two to 300 examples of failure every day. So, I mean, I got to be able to pick one. Just pick one. No problem. Yeah. All right. Uh, if you're interested in the book that we talked about, Ditch the Act, we have a link to it on our website for the uh, post of this particular episode, which you can also find at our website, thefitmess.com. And you can follow us online where we'll be posting daily updates, at least throughout the duration of this challenge. Uh, we're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. All of the links, again, at our Facebook or at our website, uh, thefitmess.com. Uh, thanks so much for listening. He's Zach. I'm Jeremy. And uh, we'll see you again here uh, at thefitmess.com in just a couple of weeks. See everyone. We know this podcast is amazing and does not seem to lack anything, but we do need a legal disclaimer. Jeremy and Zach are not doctors. They do not play them on the internet. And even if they did play them on the internet, they would be really bad at it. Please consult your physician prior to implementing any changes that you heard on this podcast. Listener assumes that Jeremy and Zach do not know what they are talking about and that you will do your own research on the topics talked about on this podcast. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.